Welcome to Y11 Audio, Ipsy's college football podcast and your home for year-round EMU coverage. My name is Alex Alvarado. Thank you for listening. Uh, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, thank you. I appreciate uh, you trying us out. And if you're a returning listener, hey, thank you. Uh, you're probably subscribed. And if you're a new person, please feel free to uh, subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast. You know, Spotify, Apple, the Pocket Cast. I don't know. You, you know how the internet works. I assume you know how to find your podcast. Uh, Y11 Audio is the one you want to search for. Thank you for listening. This is the podcast that stems from my newsletter, the Ypsilanti 11. Uh, currently, you can find that at ypsilanti11.substack.com. I'm working to get the uh, the hosting name of that uh, changed and shortened and uh, much better looking than having the .substack.com in there. Well, I got to get the .com, otherwise I can't have it on the internet. Uh, but once I get that changed you will uh, be alerted through here and out of the newsletter. So make sure you subscribe to both the newsletter and the podcast uh, just so you can get your internets all figured out. It is Monday. It is August 8th. It's hot out. Or especially it was earlier. And like somehow it was even worse on Saturday. But still I've made it to all of the open practices that Eastern's allowed to, to have open to the media which is just me at this point. Uh, so I've been to all the open practices. I've got a bunch of notes. You know, today was the first time the team went full pads. So, of course, they were all excited for that. They're always excited to play some football. But now that they're, you know, in full uniform, they weren't 100% full go. Right? They were still being able to make contact with each other without bringing each other to the ground. But still, it's it means it's much closer to... The fun part of the year which is when we get to play games i'll have some information on the the practices that emu's had so far i've got some notes in my notebook that i want to share with you but first let me just point you to the newsletter told you the name earlier uh some work that i've done on there recently i'm working on the positional previews for the football season for all the you know football units the quarterbacks the receivers offensive linemen running backs all the offensive players are already done. It's published, so you can go and check out uh, my previews on each position there on the newsletter. We've got defense and special teams to come in the next coming weeks. Those will all be wrapped up before the season starts, so uh, head on over to the newsletter and uh, you know sign up and get some updates when those come out. Uh, of course, news updates like this as a media member who's actually going to practices. And I'm also going to be branching outside of football very very shortly uh to expand the coverage even though this is like the spine of this this whole project is college football going on in ypsilanti it behooved me to you know branch out a little bit and see what's going on outside of this because i can't be so tunnel vision with this so uh be on the lookout for more sports that are coming up more sports coverage uh, i'm not gonna divert most of my attention away from football because it is gonna be my bread and butter of course but uh, something to look forward to and I'm excited for it. So if you're excited for that, uh, please share this around. I need as much support as I can get, uh, especially want to just roll into the new season, just like with a lot of excitement and with some backers, you know, I've got a good listenership. I got a good readership and I'm pretty happy, uh, with where I'm at, but I've got room to grow and it only takes, you know, your support for that to happen. Uh, I'm going to keep doing this regardless but I just need reader and listener support as we go along. Uh, 
Yeah, because as we know, that that's just how it works. If without your support, none of this can uh, can improve. And I'm excited for that. All right. Last week on this podcast was right before EMU had a program setting moment. That's what I headlined it uh, when I wrote that EMU had a program setting moment after cornerback Dequane White committed to Eastern Michigan. Uh, with that in the 24-7 sports uh, rankings and all that stuff, how EMU stacked up in the MAC. At the time of my recording, before his commitment, EMU was number two. Once he committed, 24-7 sports redid its math. EMU has the number one recruiting class in the 2023 cycle with its 11 commits, uh, which looked really, really great on paper. It looks really, really great on a screenshot. Got that on the internet, so you can go back on my newsletter and see for yourself that it exists. Uh, but if you look right now, a week later, EMU is fourth. It still has a great class. It's not like its class got any worse. Uh, a couple other schools just got some recent commits, and by the total points, how 24-7 sports does its math, EMU is fourth with its 11 commits. Uh, Western Michigan with its 15 is number one. Central with its 20 is number two. Toledo is number three with its 12. And then EMU with 11 is at four. Still a good class. There's nothing. I don't have anything, you know, you know, to dog on it for. Like, I'm very, very happy with uh, the guys that are committed to it. Of course, you know, the one holdout being that, like, uh, quarterback Drew Viado jumped ship and his high school teammate right now, I'm blanking on his name, uh, but he's a really good running back over at Wild Lake Western, was already committed to Minnesota. And Drew Viado, who committed to Eastern originally to play quarterback, jump ship a few months ago so he's going to minnesota as well but this class would definitely look a lot better with one a quarterback two a talented quarterback like viato uh but you know there's still a lot of room for this to you know to grow and eastern's you know usually at this point eastern's not in the you know like top three really but now it's you know it had its moment a moment just a snapshot in time really a screenshot in time of being the number one recruiting class in the MAC, and that was a lot for EMU to, you know, to celebrate over. You know, certainly in house, and like, why wouldn't it? You know, that's a moment that EMU wants to have a standard as on the recruiting trail. Of course, you want to be number one. Um, no, it didn't last, but there's still potential for that to be something that defines you as a program. At the end, there's still none of these guys are signed, right? Like some of these Toledo commits, they could jump ship. They can also go to Minnesota or Wisconsin or wherever the hell. There's a lot of room for Eastern to keep adding talent, of course. But right now, it doesn't matter where you're ranked. You just got to look at the page and like look at what you actually have on your list of commits that's going to be on your gray turf next week. Or not, not next week, next year. Next week is still practice for this team. And you still have to be happy with the guys that are coming into this class, which include Messiah Blair, the highest-ranked commit in Eastern's history, uh, defensive end from Detroit, of all places, uh, Martin Luther King High School. Got to be happy with that. Deion Brown looks like a talented running back out of St. Louis. Uh, Mark Tullis, a defensive lineman, and Dequane White, a cornerback, both teammates right now from uh, Fairburn, Georgia, 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 Creekside High School. Another Georgia wide receiver, uh, Mikhail Wood. Got a cornerback from Cocoa, Florida. 
Caleb Dobbs listed as a safety. Um, and guys from the Midwest, defensive end Luke Fletcher. You got a safety, Javian Norman from Springfield, Ohio. A Michigan linebacker Bryce, I'm not going to butcher your last name. It starts with an E. E L I U K Eluk. I'm not. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Uh, another tight end from Germany, Cedric Anton. Uh, plays some high school ball in Georgia, I believe. So already, it's shaping up to be a good class. Eastern's got to be happy with it. Uh, this is not a program that's going to recruit exclusively at the high school ranks. I think this looks like a class that, you know, with. I think there's probably room for like a handful of more like high school guys that Eastern would love to just like add on to this class and then build via transfer portal and just like understand that guys are going to leave at some point. Um, you know, Eastern knows that it's going to have to go transfer portal shopping um, at times where it probably won't want to, but this is an incredible good start. And why wouldn't you want to, you know, achieve for better for Eastern Michigan here? Sucks that the moment in time only lasted, like, you know, a day for Eastern to be the number one recruiting class in 2023, but it was a great moment. That's a really good moment. That's a moment that we've never seen before, and so it has to happen once before it can happen again, of course, but it happened the first time, and we have proof of it, and so next time it happens, we can say this isn't the first time it's happened, and then the third time and the fourth time, we can say this wasn't the first time it's happened. So this is the second week of camp. I've been to five of the six practices, five open. Um, and, you know, they're going to be closing up some of the practices pretty soon, so I'm not going to be going as regularly, but that's okay because I don't really want to be standing out in the sun like that all the time um, if I don't have to, which really sucked. But I love the sun, and I love getting bronzed up. There's not going to be too many great summer days left, so I'm kind of thankful to be standing out there. That being said, um, yeah, good on them to tell me to just get away from from them a little bit. Don't go to all the practices, Alex. Uh, we're closing up shop a little bit. Uh, but do be happy with your notes because you took plenty. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So I have some names that people have been excited for, that they're expecting really good things out of, things that, you know, there's a lot of places on this team where people can be optimistic about and I want to throw a little bit of cold water here and there and say like you should probably temper your expectations a little bit here and there um, but yes there are obvious strengths on this team uh, I wrote about two positions that are very clearly huge strengths on this team I'm just going to go ahead and start with that two biggest strengths wide receiver and linebacker um, especially the linebacker starters is what mostly what I'm going off of, but I've also seen strides out of its backups. Um, like Tariq Spates, he's done a great job. Justin Jefferson, I think he's really, really stepped up. Um, and he's, he's going to be a very, very effective linebacker too. And that's not a slight to him. He's going to be very, very effective um, off the bench. So I'm excited for them. But the starters, Chase Klein, Joe Sparaccio, um from Michigan State and Boston College respectively, they've done an incredible job. Uh, Chase Klein is freaking huge out there, man. He is so big. I didn't realize it until, like, I saw him in person. And then, like, I was looking at the chart. I'm like, wait, you're, like, taller than Jose Ramirez by two inches. Like, you're the second tallest starter out here. Oh, my goodness. You're, 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 you're massive. Um, it's going to be 
it's definitely going to stand out on the field. Like it'll make a change and I'm excited to see how and why that makes a difference like in real time in game action. But he's obviously a big captain on this team and Joe Sparacio too. Sparacio, I should say. Uh, Sparacio, he's very, very talented. Number 19. Uh, much shorter, of course, much shorter. But he's really got some good speed off the blitzes. Um, so do be on the lookout for him. I, I think they're definitely both like all Mac caliber for sure. Uh, that's not me carrying water, that they are all Mac caliber for sure. Um, and wide receiver, like I, you've, if you know this team, if you knew anything about it the last couple of years, you know that it's already got some very dependable starters that you're going to count on and you will depend on. Uh, but I also think, man, the backups could start too. Like any of these backups. <sighs> that's good, man. It's good. Uh, Hamza Alda, Hamza Alzayat, uh, he's Hassan Badoon size, uh, also from Dearborn, but not Dearborn High School. Uh, I think he went to a different high school. I can't can't think of it offhand. Um, but he, he, you know, he's got some speed. He's he has, he's essentially like another Hassan Badoon, like skill wise out there with a lot of speed. Um, Isaac Smith, he's much taller, much lankier, but uh, he's number fourteen out there. I've hardly seen him drop any passes, if any. Um, I, and, you know, he runs the drills as crisp as possible. He's been really reliable and, you know, in live seven on sevens and 11 on 11s when teams break out into those drills. So I would definitely look out for him. And you already saw some J.B. Mitchell last year, but you're going to see a lot more J.B. Mitchell this year. I really think that, like, a lot of these guys, um, they're going to get a lot of action this year for sure. Um so those guys I would definitely look out. If I had to pick out of those three, like if I had to rank them, who's going to like have the, I don't want to say like, yeah, I'll say if, if I'm assuming this, like the three starters are going to have the, the top three, you know, holders in receptions this year, I'd say JB Mitchell, then Smith, then Elziah are going to be the next three in line in total receptions this year. I, know, I am leaving off Zach Westmoreland for sure. I don't know where I would put him in this order, but I we've seen him plenty so far, and we're going to see a lot more of him moving forward. Uh, Eastern's definitely going to be in a good spot, assuming all these guys hang on. And I, I hate looking forward to 2023 already, but I just want to like let you know and like kind of give you this sort of impression that after the seniors in front of them graduate, Eastern's going to be in an incredibly good spot in 2023. Like I have no questions about JB Mitchell or Zach Westmoreland or Isaac Smith or Hamze stepping up and just get, well, Hamze won't be around next year, but you get the point. Like I have no questions about these guys stepping in and filling in for any of these starters. If they're trying to get some water or if they twist their ankle or whatever, I have no issues with them stepping up and being relied upon in this passing game. Like it's, it's going to be really good with them out there uh, as long as they get the ball and out, you know, in open space and like in good situations. Yeah. It's all got to add up before it gets to the wide receiver, but those are really, really reliable, reliable targets. And so Eastern's got a lot to be happy with for its offense that it's got not just, you know, one offer to three starting receivers out of high school combined, because uh, Drummond only had the one offer and the other two guys, Canoe and Drummond, had no offers. You know, Eastern's just like in a very, very good spot. Uh, 
its depth is talented. So you, you just love to see that for its receivers. All right, quarterback. This is the position that, of course, you want to listen to, of course. Taylor Taylor Powell is the clear number one. Austin Smith is the clear number two. McCoy is the clear number three. Those are the three scholarship quarterbacks that it has right now. There's a lot riding on Powell, of course. You know, pocket passing quarterback. He's not going to beat people with his feet, as Chris Creighton said at Media Day. Um, he's he's and he's got like I've just expanded on a lot of great options to throw to. Um, so I'm excited for him to be thrust into a position where not only is he is he expected to do well, but if he simply just gets the job done the job's going to get done well on a lot of different ends because those receivers are very, very dynamic. Um, Powell, you know, he's pretty limited back there because he can really only pass it, but he he's pretty effective. Like, he's he makes pretty good decisions out there so far. It's just practice, so, like, you know. But his decision-making seems to be pretty decent so far. Um, he's got a good side action to him, like, like his sidearm. That, that's part of the game that, that's been kind of fun to see. Uh, you know, he can whip it out to his right side on a swing pass. Uh, he sometimes will try to swing it over the middle. Uh, that's that's a nice little skill that he tries to throw in there. Um, but generally, he, the best throw that he does, the best throw that he does is, like, the little, like, touch pass that's only going for, like, 20, 25 yards. And he's just dropping it right into the into the bread basket down the sideline. That's a really good throw that I can tell he spent a lot of time on and he loves to make because he's pretty good at that. That's a really, really good throw that he does. Um, and he's done a good job of hitting the intermediate throws too. Now, where I'm going to throw a little bit of cold water on this situation um, because Creighton went out and said that Powell did complete 81% of his passes during the spring season, which is a very high percentage. Who doesn't love to hear that? But you have to take into effect that, take into account that, you know, it is your team versus your team. And, and that's all there is to it. Uh, and also, you who are you getting the message from? But that said, Powell is, you know, he's pretty accurate. You know, I wouldn't say he's pinpoint accurate 81% of the time. I wouldn't say that. Um, and I also wouldn't go as far to say that he's quote unquote automatic. Um, I think he's got really good accuracy and I think, you know, he throws pretty well. I just don't know if he's the best quarterback that we've seen out of EMU in the past decade. I'd still, as far as like talent goes, even like just passing the ball, I'd still put him behind a broken rowback, but Powell's still going to be really, really effective. And as long as he can just simplify things and just get the ball to one of his many, many receivers. Uh, oh my God. I even left off like Ishan Stewart and like Dennis Smith, like Dennis Smith stepped up today, like today, as I'm speaking, like he stepped up today. I think he did a really, he had a really good practice today. Um, I can, I can just keep going on. Powell's going to have a lot of good options to throw to. And as long as he just doesn't overstress himself and just has some fun out there and just completes passes and not just, trying to do the hard pass all the time I think I think he'll do fine I think he'll do really fine but I just wouldn't label him as automatic for tight end right now I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure 
what to expect out of the tight end room. Like I'm I'm fairly certain that Gunnar Oaks is going to have most of the snaps out of this position. Maybe he might be split with Jer Getzinger. I think those are the top two options, but honestly, I don't know, man. I think this is a position by committee. I think there's playing time to be had by four or five guys here. I mean, when once you throw in, you know, Aaron Jackson, who's been around and he's got a different physical build than the rest of them, because you got to remember, he came in as a dual threat quarterback out of Detroit before he ever moved to, uh, to tight end. You know, he has some athleticism underneath his bulk that the other options didn't necessarily have out of high school. So he's just kind of built differently, built differently in that regard. We've seen him used differently in certain offensive packages before. So I think he'll still be used a little bit differently than a standard blocking, you know, off tackle tight end that Gunner Oaks will mostly be lined up as, or will be lined up a lot as, I don't know about most. I don't know. If he's usually split out wide, he's usually not split out wide. Um, that's what the other receivers are for. Um, him, I also want to. Th- I know I keep saying his name, but I do want to throw in Max Reese. He's, you know, he is going through a learning curve, a freshman learning curve, um, and one who's switching from receiver in high school to tight end. You know, a lot of this three point stance and just like getting into your block out of this stance and like going from end to linebacker on blocking that's a lot of that is new to him like that's not something I don't believe he was really expected to do out of high school certainly not his junior I don't think he did his senior year for sure that said Max Reese I think he might have the best hands downfield out of this group and I think he might be the best moving with the ball after the catch out of these tight ends I I don't like as a receiver, like I think Jackson and Reese are above a Gunner Oaks right now, but I still think Oaks has the mo- like with his experience, his thirty-eight games played. Yeah, it was behind two other starting tight ends, but he still got into thirty-eight games nonetheless. That experience is going to have to pay off in the long run, right? Like you're a senior, the rest of these guys, Jackson. I'm going to count him as a senior because he was part of the 20, I think it was like 18 signing class. Uh, You know, I don't know what totally to expect out of this group. Um, Again, this is going to be a a pass-heavy offense. I would love to see, you know, these wide receivers, like, play like wide receivers more than they are tight ends. But I just don't know if the receiving ability of Oaks or Getzinger or, or even Paskey, uh, Paskey, I think that's how you actually say his last name, um, are ones that you totally want to bank on just yet. I know Paskey is right now listed as the tight end number two for this team, but I don't know if he's going to play into being a tight end two just yet. Um, like I said, experience is going to have to play play in some sort of factor. And I think Jackson's going to get the nod in a lot of regard this year. Um, and I don't think he's, I just don't think he's going to be looked at like that. But I, I, I like, I like Aaron Jackson a lot more than I did the first time I noticed he moved over to tight end. And of course, I'm, I'm going to keep being patient on, patient on Max Reese, but I'm going to always keep tabs on him because I think he's a very, very interesting prospect that entered 
uh, this team this year as a freshman. Uh, long story short, uh, for uh, remember what I said about Powell not being automatic. I don't think either of these kickers are totally automatic either. I saw both of them make 52-yard field goals today. It's true, but I didn't see them like impress me on their 52-yard makes either. So that, that, that's just kind of where I'm at. But they both made them today, uh, them being Jesus Gomez and Brady Pohl. Two more positions to finish up on, and then we are just getting out of here. Uh, we're going into the trenches. Um, offensive line right now, and I wrote about the offensive line last for my preview series uh, on the newsletter. And what I noted is that, you know, you got five seniors up front. That sounds great. You know, I at the risk of, you know, not wanting to sound too down on that. I'm not going to, like, dig into, like, the skill levels of each of them. Also, I'm not good at that when it comes to that position. But you know what? Let's just look at it and something that through the lens of something that we can all kind of understand, which is experience. And behind them, there's not a lot of it. Most of the experience that the number twos on this team have played have mostly been on special teams, which count for something. But they're not playing entire drives in game experience like they're not having that experience like i think three of them have only four of them have only played in like one game offensively really last year um so right now we're kind of looking for just guys to step up if you're not a starter who's stepping up like i need a tackle and i need a couple interior guys to step up right away so I know who to call when so-and-so goes down with a twisted ankle. Uh, right now, one of the guys that I'm looking at right now who's been impressing, um, mostly because I need to hear like a lot of positive affirmation from the players and coaches. Be like, yeah, you, yeah, you, you're doing a good job. Yeah, you're doing a good job. That's usually how I can tell that you're doing a good job is when football people say that you're doing a good job. Uh, Jeremiah Jackson, a uh, freshman, he's doing a... Uh, a really really good job right now so Jackson I think if I if I have this totally right he's uh, he was a three-star prospect out of high school but he has walk-on status right now um, but he's an incoming freshman from Florida and he was originally set to go to Air Force side of high school um, and we've, we've seen this story before like TJ PV who now starts as one of like the hybrid like safety linebacker guys um, on the defense, TJ Peavy, he also started out his career at Air Force, but um, soon very like very quickly transferred to Eastern Michigan with like essentially like full eligibility. Jackson looks like the same thing is going on right now, uh, but it says here he had a GPA of uh, four point two five, and he is a electrical engineering major. Did you know that Eastern even offered that? It sounds like a new one. Anyways, smart kid. Uh, I would not be surprised if, one, he got some playing time um, kind of early. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he played into some playing time at some point. Um, especially, like, week one when you, like, just have FCS to, you know, to square off against. Wouldn't be surprised if they tried his hand then just to see if his raw potential is real. But Jeremiah Jackson is impressing in drills. You know, I it's been more than like one day where I keep hearing like, yeah, Jeremiah, yeah, Jeremiah. And like he looks like he's holding his own with the number twos now that they're full pad live. So uh, 61, number 61. 
Uh, interior defensive line, you know. Oh, you know, I should. I forgot to forgot about defensive end really quickly. Opposite of Jose Ramirez, there's a lot of options to pick through. I just don't know just yet if Michael Coleman's going to be the every down starter opposite of Jose Ramirez. But I also think Micah Coleman's doing a pretty damn good job. Uh, coaches have been reaffirming his like technical skills, um, working on his game, working on his toolbox, you know, his toolbox, so to speak. But yeah, Coleman's doing a pretty good job. I also think that Carter Gilbert, um, young kid out of Oxford High School, uh, he, you know, he's been working a lot on his footwork the last few days, uh, especially today. I, I've seen him like spend a lot like many many minutes just like working on his first steps out of his stance and all that stuff um just like one-on-one time so and other than that i think gilbert still had a good practice that wasn't like a like a 10 minute where like he just like wasn't getting it and like that kind of messed with him the rest of practice no i think gilbert's doing a good job for a young defensive end to work on his game and try to see the field a little bit so uh, that's someone that I'm going to keep some ta- some tabs on. But until then, Micah Coleman seems like a really good option out there. Uh, and, of course, Grant Truman, who's already pretty experienced out there. Uh, Juco guy, he's already you know played some for Eastern. You know, I wouldn't expect anything less than what I've seen out of him so far going into the year. Going into the interior part of the defensive line, uh, someone who's just in my... All right, this is just my opinion. At some point, it might not be this year. It probably will be. But at some point in his career, Melvin Swindle is going to be an all-MAC defensive lineman. I have just everything I've seen about him just tells me that he is in that tier of players in the MAC. That he is just much better than I think he's just much better than what he's already been been given credit for. He hasn't had a lot of playing time just yet, but. Melvin Swindle is just a very, very good football player. And so for me to say that he's going to win an All-Mac award at some point in his career, and probably this year, I think, even though he wasn't listed on the preseason depth chart for this team, I definitely think that's a real possibility. I definitely think that's a real possibility. 